0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. This is the time of uh, of the show where we sort of take a peek at what's going on around the city and what we can do to help out uh, various services, various businesses uh, that are feeling the pinch during a uh, global pandemic. And, you know, one thing that uh, you have to remember are the various services that are there 12 months of the year helping those that are in need, uh, for example, the shelters, the food banks and such. Uh, and you know, how do you go about continuing with those services? Uh, well, you know, things are in lockdown or have gone virtual or such. And, um, you know, many people, organizations, charities have had to somehow realign and uh, and make it work in a uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, the Ancaster Food Drive, no different. They've gone virtual. Uh, the drive began February 28th, runs until March 6th. To talk more about all of this, let's bring in uh, Jim LaPresti with the Ancaster Food Drive and is with us now. Jim, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well.
1: Thank you, Scott, and, uh, you know, really appreciate this opportunity.
0: You know, we've certainly talked about how this global pandemic has affected various industries, businesses, and, and such, but talk about those uh, that are there to cater to those who are in need, like a food bank or shelter. How has it affected those industries?
1: Well, I think the, um, the thing is, is that it's really, if you talk about the definition of essential workers, I mean, the services that they provide to uh, the people throughout Hamilton through this pandemic have been just, uh, their needs have gone skyrocketed as you can appreciate. And so the, even the, the intricacies about trying to deliver the food service and everything else has been, has been a real challenge for the Ancaster Community Food Drive. This is our 29th year and we've been doing this where we have amassed a small army every year to go door to door. And, uh, this year is, as a result of the pandemic, we knew that we just couldn't do that. So we've had to pivot, you know, and, uh, we know the need is there. So as a committee, we said, okay, now how can we do this without going and knocking door to door? Uh, but still trying to, in fact, tap into the generous spirit of the people of this great city and, uh, for them to make a donation and to help us help those uh in the food bank and community service agencies
0: uh you know again it's uh with the chml children's fund and the tree of hope campaign uh, same thing we were uh, dealing with over the christmas uh, holiday that you know it's just you have to do things differently in in order to raise uh enough funds Uh, obviously uh it's more difficult to to raise food or funds uh yet the need is greater
1: You're absolutely right. Uh, The challenges uh, for the staff and providing the services has just been, it is remarkable. But you you know what? It is through these challenging times that um, we rise up as a community and uh, to think that we've been almost a year now. Uh, in dealing with covid and the lockdown Um, can't tell you how much we are looking forward to an opportunity to come back together and to celebrate community together and to help each other out but for the time being we're we're going to make this work and we're there to help the uh, to help all these agencies out and we're counting on everybody in hamilton and beyond to uh, to get us there
0: so explain how this is going to work how do you do this virtually
1: okay So we have our uh, website, and we're trying to drive everybody to the website. It is www.ancasterfooddrive.ca, and on our website, we have the links to all of the agencies, including Hamilton Food Chair, who have been wonderful, where we're going to invite people to go, and we can directly link them up to the donor pages and uh, where we are asking people to be as generous as possible all of the donations will in fact go to uh to these agencies and help them support the services that they are providing in purchasing food that in fact can then be distributed to to those in need
0: so this is less about collecting the actual food more about collecting the actual cash to purchase that food
1: that's correct. We're not able to go door-to-door. Uh, boy, we want to, and there are so many people that have reached out to us because this has become part of their annual sort of, uh, uh, sort of program where they all, we all come together as a, as, a, as a community to go door-to-door and collecting. Last year, we had 102,000 pounds of food, Scott, that hmm. we collected through this drive. That's a huge amount of food. We won't be able to actually collect and, and, uh, that food this year, but we are hoping, to raise sixty thousand, which is our kind of our target goal, but we're hoping every dollar That, in fact, can be pledged. We know that, say, for instance, with food share, for every dollar that is donated, they have the ability through their bulk purchasing power and their relationships with um, wholesalers and different things to turn that into $5. So if we have a $60,000 goal and we can reach that goal, we can turn that, the agencies can turn that into about $500,000 worth of purchasing power, which is remarkable.
0: And many think because you can't donate the actual product of food, the cans, the peanut butter, whatever it is, um, that this is not working. But actually, the cash goes farther for you than the food product, simply for the reasons you've just said, that you're able to buy in mass quantity and such.
1: No, the, the agencies, by virtue, and I know with FoodShare and talking with Joanne Santucci, they have the ability and they do purchase in bulk. So they, they really can leverage it, Scott. You're absolutely right. When you and I go to the grocery store and we pick something up, uh, we pay retail, and then we yeah. donate it. But they do have the ability to, in fact, uh, turn that into um, you know, a multiple, uh, so they can really increase their purchasing power, which is, which is great all around.
0: So how has it been going so far? This all started February 28th, runs until March 6th. Uh, what's the response been like to date?
1: Well, we are so blessed, Scott. We have FenGate Community Foundation came forward as a signature donor, and they have pledged $31,200. Wow. They just donated just, you know, because they have their roots in in Hamilton. But they said, hey, we want to to do something that we know this goes back into the community. So I made a couple of phone calls, and as of um, this morning, we're at forty-five thousand three hundred, and I haven't even been able to get the updates mm. from each of the agencies regarding the online donations. So you know what, Scott? We we got a, uh, We're hitting it hard this week. We're promoting this, and uh, and we just know the generosity of the people in Hamilton. It, it really is remarkable. We are in this together. And uh, we're going to make a difference. So we're really hoping that that $60,000 goal, I think we're going I, I to eclipse it. And isn't that wonderful?
0: Uh, it's amazing how something like this, which literally upsets the Apple card on, on so many different levels, bring people together for a cause like this.
1: It really does. And I have always known and appreciated the generosity of the the people in the Hamilton area. I mean, you look at whether it be United Way or anything else on a per capita basis. I think the people of Hamilton have always had an extremely generous Mm -hmm. spirit. And I will tell you, the people in the community of Ancaster, I mean, we've come together and celebrated uh, this food drive now for almost three, three decades And next year, we're hoping in March, we're all going to be able to come back and celebrate community with our 30th anniversary drive. And hopefully by then, we're going to be in a much better position where we can all come together, share the same space, and really work together to help each other out.
0: Are you concerned? How does this compare to last year's levels? Are you concerned that you won't make where you were last year or will you surpass that?
1: Well, last year and what we've been able to do with this, uh, with our approach and going door to door, um, we've been for the last couple of a few years now, we've eclipsed 100,000 pounds of food. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that this year, just not being able to go and collect food, if we can collect, say, 60,000, and in fact, that goes to the agencies who, in fact, can turn that into multiples of purchasing power for food for for people, they could actually turn this into about 300000 uh, you know, or $500,000 uh, worth of purchasing power, which would very easily uh, meet that £100,000. So, you know what, <clears throat> um, whatever people can give, um, we know the generous spirit. We'll make it work. Um, it's not ideal. It's not what we want to do. Um, but we also know it needs to be done. And, um, you know what, uh, we have many blessings and things to be thankful for, and the generosity of the people of Hamilton um, is clearly one of them. So they won't let us down.
0: The Ancaster Food Drive has gone virtual like so many things. The official food drive began February 28th, runs until March 6th, and all you have to do is go to the website, AncasterFoodDrive.ca, AncasterFoodDrive.ca, and uh, follow the details on how you can help them help uh, various food banks uh, in the Hamilton area. Jim Lapresti has been with us, Ancaster Food Drive. Jim, thanks so much for the time. Good luck with all of this
1: thank you very much scott really appreciate it you take care you're listening to the scott thompson show podcast on 900
0: chml let's uh, touch on another business feeling the pinch during uh 19 that would be theater aquarius let's bring in lorna zarimba executive director of theater aquarius and is with us now lorna thanks for the time i hope you're doing well
2: hi scott i am thank you for having me on your show today
0: Oh, you're more than welcome. Obviously, uh, anything hospitality, performance-related, taking a hit during COVID-19. What's the season been like for you? When did you have to shut it down?
2: Well, Scott, as you're, you know, yes, you're right. The impact on the performing arts, especially live theatre, has been profound, and it's been around the world. And, uh, you know, here we are. We're on March the 2nd. On March the 14th last year um this theater and all public buildings were closed and um you know at that time we were we were four we were we were four and a half shows out of our six shows completed and so we, uh, we had to close halfway through the second last show, the fifth show. And, um, and then, uh, we were to end the season with, uh, Ring of Fire, the, the Johnny Cass musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, we've moved that to this summer. Um, and, uh, um, but you know, um, uh, planning a season is, uh, is we, you know, we plan a season months out, and in yeah. the fall, it really looked like a possibility that you know we could open with a spring mini season of three shows, you know, with small casts and fifty people, and uh, that, you know, that would have meant that we were meeting all physical distancing, uh, all the protocols necessary, uh, you know, back in back in November, it was really looking pretty positive, but now it's not possible. And, and Scott, we need to follow uh, our provincial and local public health guidelines to the letter. So, um, so you know, we are so fortunate. We have a, a really loyal subscription audience and theatre lovers. And mm-hmm. I just can't wait to stand in the lobby and welcome everyone back. You know, I, it's, I... It's, uh, you know we're, we've, it's been a year. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, it's so encouraging and so exciting.
0: So what are you hoping for for the fall? I mean, is this one of those situations where until the majority of us are vaccinated, it's, it's going to be like it is? When, when are you hoping to get the lights on the theater in the theater on again?
2: Well, you know, I, I want to um, – well, before I answer that question, I do want to tell you that while everybody recognizes for the productions on our main stage, you know um, – We, we have, uh, we're, you know, part of our mandate is to nurture the theater community locally. So despite, despite the fact that we can't do programming on our main stage, you know, that's enabled us to do work behind the scenes and lots of, lots is happening behind this, behind the scenes. And, um, you know, we are, uh, our, our youth and adult drama classes, uh, we've continued to deliver via Zoom. You know, we're launching a behind the curtains digital series where our audiences can peek behind the curtain to learn how the magic is created. And, um, industry, our company in residence, uh, will present, um, they're going to present an audio recording of Anna Chatterton, who is one of Hamilton's local playwrights. Her play switched. Uh, they're going to do that in the spring. And, you know, um, Sean Smythe, who is a local artist here in Hamilton, has been working with Tom Wilson to take his recently published memoir and uh, beautiful scars and mm-hmm. ter- and turn that into a play. So we were hoping to do um, a workshop wow. uh, uh, in the theater this spring on that, but we'll have to push that back by a few months so um so yes, you know, the, the main stage is dark, but there's still lots going on behind the curtain. And, um, and, and, you know, we, we, uh, we're, we're watching very carefully. We're looking at what the vaccine schedule is looking like for Ontario. And, um, and, and we know that we know from our subscribers because they told us that, um, they will come back once they're vaccinated uh, and they will come back uh, wanting, expecting social, social distancing and masks to be worn. So, you know, we have uh, we have a number of of plans in place and uh, we launched the one that that best, uh, you know, reflects the, the place that we're in at that time.
0: Are there any of these pivots that you made that may stick Once this is all over and you are back to whatever the new normal is, are are, are there things that you've learned here that you'll take forward?
2: Absolutely. You know, the things that we've learned is you start out small. So we don't open the theater with a with uh, with a major musical um, because um, we know that um, uh, we know that we have to keep everybody safe. Uh, We have to keep our audiences safe. We have to keep our artists safe. We have to keep the crews backstage safe um you know we have to keep our volunteer ushers safe so and our staff so we have to keep everybody safe and we have to build up trust that when when people come back to the theater they're you know they 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 do feel safe so we have to start out small and that was the basis of the mini season was you know a one and two person shows with 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 small audiences so that we could gradually get back into uh into theater uh where people are feeling really comfortable and 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 that's going to be the challenge going back is in, is is making sure that um that we are following and we do we follow all of the guidelines that are set for us, and um, and uh, you know, I talked to subscribers. They said, "Yeah, we're we're anxious to come back. They they're really missing their programming. I think we're all missing um, yeah. our 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 entertainment and and theater fix at this time, and so they're anxious to come back." But, you know, they'll come back, but they still want to know that we're socially distancing and that people will be required to wear masks. And um, and I think we're going to see that for, you know, for certainly through the first season when we return is that we're going to have to um, to follow protocols um, so that that trust and, and that fear disappears
0: do you see this changing your programming as you move forward? I've asked many artists and musicians this. Um, you know, when you have something like this happen, it changes society. It changes culture. It changes music. Will this somehow alter what you decide to do moving forward because of the mood people may or may not be in as a result of all of this?
2: Well, I think one of the things that we're going to see locally is, is you know, playwrights coming forward with 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 they'll have created works that reflect you know this this time frame and uh so you know as a theater company we'd be looking at working with local artists to you know to help develop work new works like this that we can put on our stages um I think also you know when I talk to Ron Ulrich our artistic director um you know people will want to come back to happy times they want to come back and it to you know to to comedies and uh and and musicals they want to come back and have a good time and you know our mandate is to is to entertain and educate and challenge and we're probably going to have to you know hold up on the challenge part for a little and uh, and just have people have a good time come out and have a good time and so but but at the same time, you know, um, it's going to take we do know from the research and the feedback that we're receiving from from uh, from research that's being done on in the marketplace mm-hmm. that it's going to take time for uh, um, sort of the top end of our subscriber base, the older our older uh, yeah. uh, subscribers to come back because they want to really be sure that it's a safe place for them to congregate.
0: Lorna Zaremba has been with us, Executive Director of Theatre Aquarius. As many looking forward to getting back on the stage and check out Theatre Aquarius' website uh, to find out how you can help out in the meantime and still be connected to Theatre Aquarius. Lorna, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Good luck. Be well.
2: Thank you very much. Look forward to talking to you in the future. Bye-bye.
0: The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.